In the crowded SD-WAN market, don't overlook Open Systems, a packet pusher's sponsor. Open Systems brings security, automation, and expert management to let you focus on other aspects of your network. Get visibility, flexibility, and control combined with performance, simplicity, and security with SD-WAN from Open Systems. To find out more, go to www.open-systems.com packetpushers. If you do, you can get a free beanie and Gartner report on the economics of SD-WAN. That's www.open-systems.com slash packetpushers. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Welcome back to the Full Stack Journey podcast, where we talk about the ongoing evolution of the IT professional. Thanks so much for joining us today and for listening to this episode. My goal today, as always, is to help equip you, the listeners, and uh, to help prepare you for your journey of learning across the full stack of technologies present in today's data centers and in cloud environments. Joining me today is a repeat guest. I have Yasmin Rajabi with me today. We're going to talk about her transition from a technical role into product management. Hi, Yasmin. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you, Scott? I'm doing well. Seems like we just talked to each other. I know. I can't believe the time went by that fast. I know. I know. It's been crazy. In between our last conversation, I went all the way to Indonesia to celebrate my anniversary with my wife. That sounds so awesome. Yeah. I spent two weeks in Bali. And now I'm back doing podcasts. So that's great. Um, so uh, listeners, if you heard, uh, we did an episode uh, just a, a couple episodes ago. I think it was episode 31, if I'm not mistaken, um, where Yasmin joined me on the show. And um, I'll give Yasmin a moment to, to introduce herself here in just a second. But we were talking about a project that she's been working on. Um, an automation project. And in the course of talking about that project, I was talking with Yasmin and she shared sort of a little bit about her career transition that she made earlier. And I said, you know, one of the tenets of the show is talking about people making career transitions. Um, it's a form of, you know, kind of adapting and growing as we, as we um, evolve as IT professionals. And, um, and so I asked her if she would rejoin me again for a second episode, not to talk about a specific technology this time, but instead to talk about her career transition. And so uh, let me just go ahead. Yasmin, why don't you go ahead and take a minute and sort of you know reintroduce yourself to the Full Stack Journey podcast audience, and uh, and then we'll dive into the discussion from there. Thanks, Scott. I'm really happy to be back. Um, I'm currently a product manager at Puppet. I've been here for a little over two years now. Prior to that, I was a site reliability engineering manager at a uh, e-commerce company. Um, I started out as a developer. And um, I actually went to business school. So it's been a kind of fun journey for me. Um, I consider myself someone that likes to connect the dots between like people and process products. Um, and I'm passionate about driving impact through action. So that's kind of what led me to the product management role. Gotcha. So yeah, when we talked last, the the transition that really interested me was that transition from you know being focused in SRE as an SRE manager into product management. But, um, you know, sort of the, the bigger picture of your story of being, you know, studying business in school and then, you know, working as a developer. And then as I, I guess the, the move from developer to SRE manager is kind of like, eh, you know, there's a lot of a fair amount of development involved with SREs. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a really interesting sort of, you know, set of transitions there. Um, but let's, let's focus on this, um, last one and we can bring in, you know, elements of the, of the other transitions as well. Um, so, Tell me a little bit about, uh, you know, a little more detail about you were working as an SRE manager for this uh, e-commerce company, and then you 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 went to to Puppet. 
Um, and you, you decided at that point you wanted to transition into product management. Help, help me and help the listeners sort of get a feel for, you know, where you were at that point and like what was pulling you towards product management. Yeah, sure. So when I was in the SRE role, um, the kind of goal of my team was to build internal tools and products for our internal customers, whether they were other people in the IT teams, whether they were developers. Um, If they needed things, we kind of managed the tools and we sometimes built those from scratch with open source technology. And uh, I constantly found myself as the engineering manager responsible, obviously, for making sure the things get built, but also kind of doing more of the roadmap and the strategy of what features do we add first? Um, what integrations do we need to make? And I was wearing a product manager hat. Uh, we didn't actually have specific product manager or product owner roles within the IT teams, but I was doing kind of some of the same activities of prioritizing what things we would work on first, uh, kind of evaluating what would be the best investments for us to go out and add. And that's what really got me interested in product management. And I started talking to some of the folks that are more on the business side that were product managers for our website. And uh, I talked to them a little bit about what they do. And uh, one of the guys I worked with basically was like, you do the same thing, just internal to the IT org instead of to a like consumer customer. And so that got me really interested. And that's when I started looking at um, maybe exploring a product management role. Gotcha. Okay. And so did you actually, as part of the transition from the e-commerce company over to where you are now at Puppet, um, is that where you made the sort of like the official transition from SRE into product management? Yeah, it is. And I was really unsure at the time, like, uh, more than a couple of people told me I should go into product management and I was skeptical, I'd say, uh, I wanted to stay in engineering. Um, but I trust the people around me enough that I wanted to kind of explore that more. And, uh, I kind of said, why not? So as I started looking into product management roles, I kind of played it a little safe where I wanted to stay in an industry that was familiar to me. And given I was an SRE, like Puppet was the software we use. It's a software I was familiar with. And it was still within the industry where if I realized that it was the wrong decision for me to go into product management, I could quickly go back to being an engineering manager. Uh, And that's where I kind of came across Puppet. Um, The software itself had a really big impact in our organization. So I figured if I'm going to go work on software, I want to actually work on something I believe in. So that helped the transition a lot. And like now I'm so happy I went to product. I think this was definitely the right place for me. So I appreciate all the advice I did get. Um, But it was a pretty big change, not only from a career perspective, but I moved cross country for the role. Uh, So it it was a big uh, leap for me. Yeah, there's a a lot of change there. So I I think it's perfectly understandable to try and minimize that change by at least staying with a technology that you were familiar with and that you understood the impact that it had in your, in your previous role. But now you're moving into a new company and a new role in a new place in the country. Um, so I can certainly see, uh, you know, approaching that with no, no small amount of trepidation, you know, like, Hey, there's a lot of stuff going on here. Am I really gonna, am I really gonna, you know, make it here? Um, I was curious, you know, I could certainly see, and it makes sense that as, uh, as this engineering manager, SRE manager, right, you were kind of already making the decisions 
uh, that you that you make as a product manager, right? Saying, okay, here's the list of features that are in the backlog, and here's how we're going to prioritize them, and you know, here's um, you know, sort of the the need or the problem that these features are going to help solve, or that this tool is going to help solve, whatever the you know, case may be, right? Um, but was was there something more to the idea of product management that drew you? Uh, as opposed to just like, oh, well, I'm already doing this, so I might as well just do it all the time. Or was there, what, what you know, what else was it that pulled you in that direction? So I think what kind of pulled me into this is uh, goes back to kind of how I started out. Um, I went to business school thinking I wanted a like IT focus, um, maybe in IT management. But I started as a developer because I wanted to actually learn from the ground up and be able to kind of back what I was doing with actual. Uh, experience in the matter. So that is, I think, where product management, especially at a more like technical company, uh, fits in really well, where it's a balance of business skills, of understanding the pricing for things, um, understanding like the market, what areas we want to invest in, uh, the customer standpoint, but also understanding how the software works and being able to really understand the customer's problem because at the end of the day the problem the customer is having is very technical and that's what was interesting to product uh, interesting about product management for me because it was a mix of all of those things in my previous role even though it was as the engineering manager we with my team got to w- decide what the things we worked on I still had to meet with stakeholders within the company to understand what they needed and what would best benefit them because we could be building and um, managing tools that we think solve a problem, but if no one uses it, then it's not successful, just like any other real company would want to do. Uh, so that was what kind of led me to the role that was really intriguing, the kind of mix of those two skill sets of understanding the problem from a technical perspective enough, right? Not getting very into the weeds, but understanding it enough so that you can solve the customer's problem and then tying that to what the business needs from a market and kind of overall uh, standpoint. Gotcha. So it sort of it, it it felt like it was the perfect blend of you know technical involvement, which you you'd already been doing, right, and then business involvement, which is what you had had studied um, in school, and it and it kind of brought those two together, and it's just the right mix for you to be able to say I can leverage you know the technical experience that I have, and I can leverage you know my my business knowledge in a way that allows me to really you know kind of be effective in this role. Yeah. And I really like to connect the dots. Um, and I think that's a big part of product management. Like I wouldn't say, I'd say people are a lot better at, uh, things than I am. And I kind of find my role is connecting those people, whether it's, uh, connecting someone with a customer and giving them the context of the problem they're having so uh, they can build a better solution or connecting a piece of uh, market information with someone on kind of where we want to go. Uh, I look at my skill sets of bringing the right information and people together, not, and those people that are uh, working on that are generally pretty smart, intelligent, capable people, uh, which I'm very, I've been very lucky to work with. And so that's where all of those skills kind of melded for me. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, it really does. You're, you're kind of like the glue, you know, that's bringing all these things together. Um, and, and the role is both glue for you and pulling together, you know, these different threads of your experience, right? But also giving you the ability to be glue within the organization 
to say, I'm going to, I'm going to connect and, and attach, you know, this engineer with, you know, this engineer or, you know, whatever the case may be to help solve this particular problem that, uh, that our customers or, and those customers could be internal or external. Um, in this particular case, mostly external. Um, but, uh, either way to, to, you know, solve the problems that they're having. Um, so, you know, I've had some discussions in the past with other guests in terms of sort of moving from a technical role, you know, an individual contributor role into a manager role. And, um, you know, and it seems like they're, you know, there's a little bit of a common thread. A lot of them have had an interest, have or had an interest in, in, in sort of a business side of it. And I find that to be the case here. But I was just wondering, you know, um, what in your previous roles, either as a developer or as you know, engineering manager, SRE manager, what sort of technical skills did you find in that role that translated really, really well into your new role as product manager? Or was it just sort of the general level of technical knowledge that, that you used? I think from a technical standpoint, the thing that transferred is more just uh, the pain and that, that I went through as an SRE in either like I need to provision new machines or I need to troubleshoot something and like the operational processes of having to do it in change windows or um, like talking to other teams if your groups are siloed. That is mostly what's helped me kind of transition because of the nature of the software I work on. Like Puppet helps improve those things. So for me, understanding the pain someone goes through helps kind of understand the solution that we'd want to have. Um, So it's not so much like learning a specific language has helped. But I think specifically being an SRE, uh, the teams that I was on, we were always kind of troubleshooting things, digging a step deeper, trying to connect the right teams together in like postmortems. And that skill of, or I guess that desire of like wanting to dig deeper and find the needle in the haystack type problem uh, has helped transition as well. Because I think being a product manager, you really need that. Uh, So it's less about like, did learning Java help me, but more about like the process in what I did day to day helped me a lot. So it sounds like it'd be safe to say that um, it wasn't a specific technology, but it was rather sort of your experience in um, the problem areas that the product you manage now helps to solve that really equipped you to be effective in, in helping guide the development of that product to solve those problems. Yeah, exactly. Being able to put yourself in the shoes of the customer or the user and uh, really understand the pain points that they're going through are critical for any product manager, uh, whatever industry you're working in. So this kind of helped me because I was already living that. And so would you, and it sounds like you would, would you recommend then if if anyone is considering some some sort of product management role, whether it's a product management in a software technology company or whether it's product management and, you know, somebody who makes widgets, right? Having that experience of being a consumer of the product in the, in the past, right? Just like you were using Puppet and Puppet's technologies um, in your role uh, with the e-commerce company. And so that really equipped you to say, hey, I'm the one out there consuming this thing and I know where, you know, the, the shortcomings are and I know the kind of challenges that we were trying to solve. And so having that experience really prepared you to say, okay, now let's guide the product in helping solve the problems of other people who were just like me before I started managing this product. Um, would your recommendation be to anyone considering a product management position that they really need that experience as a consumer of the product they're going to manage? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, being a consumer to the product that 
you uh, would like to become a product manager for is super important. Um, I don't think you have to be an expert. Like I definitely would say I'm not a puppet expert. Um, We use it at our company, but I was not a like deep puppet practitioner, but used it enough to understand the problem space. And I think that's what helped me get into the door. And I often uh, talk to people that are trying to get into the product management space. And sometimes it's like a payment company or a, um, maybe some app company, and there's nothing stopping you from downloading that and understanding how it works, maybe going to their website and understanding uh, how the product interacts with things, like maybe see a demo. And that kind of helps you get into the mind space of what a user would do using the product, what problems they would run into, like the look and feel of it. What do you kind of think about it? And that helps a lot because I think the most important thing of product management is understanding your customer And that is one step to get towards that if you're looking to move into product management. Let's take a break from our show to talk about Open Systems, one of our sponsors here on the Packet Pushers Podcast Network. Open Systems provides secure SD-WAN to the world. That means your company can grow globally without having to choose among security, scale, or simplicity. Open Systems wants you to have it all and to save money over traditional WAN vendors who don't care about you while you do it. Imagine that. Give money back to the business so that they can grow. Reduce that global WAN budget line item and at the same time, build a WAN that doesn't suck with a vendor that wants you to succeed. With Open Systems, you get their integration of best-of-breed SD-WAN with security. Open Systems describes this as embedded security at every layer of your network, edge to edge. At the same time, it's easy to operate their SD-WAN through automation that even has a bit of artificial intelligence helping out. And if AI doesn't impress you, well, hey, you get access to humans, too. That's right, real people that can help make your WAN as good as it can be. On the front end, you can partner with Open Systems SD-WAN experts to design, architect, and even manage your wide area network. And on the back end, network and security engineers follow the sun to help resolve issues quickly in more than 180 countries. Open Systems delivers the visibility, flexibility, and control you really want with the performance, simplicity, and security you absolutely need in your network. Request a free assessment by going to their website at www.open-systems.com slash packetpushers. There, you can request a stylish Open Systems beanie and download a Gartner report on the economics of SD-WAN. Open Systems, the network for growth, zero compromise, www.open-systems.com slash packet pushers. And now back to our show. I can totally see that. I, I talked to or have talked to, you know, product managers in various roles that I've, that I've held in the past. And, you know, they're, they always are, are hungry for, you know, sort of the feedback of the customer. And so if you've had the opportunity to be that customer, that gives you sort of this very intimate knowledge of, you know, the problem areas and the specific things that your product is trying to help do and, and the issues it's trying to help solve. And, you know, you've, you've lived that pain, you've, you know, walked that, that, uh, that, that walk, um, you know, you still want to continue to talk to customers, obviously, because the product is ever growing and changing, but you've at least got that sort of, you know, it's, it's deeply embedded in, in your, in your work history and your work experience. And you know how to, you know, kind of like what customers are looking for. Yeah. And I think it's a good way to like start. Um, I would be careful of not biasing yourself too much because every experience is kind of unique. So like I had a unique experience at my organization. And one of the first things I wanted to do when I started was talk to other customers so that I can kind of 
balance that bias and maybe the way we used it was different than how uh, another organization used it. And so kind of continuing to learn from customers and how they're using it is, I think, super important to balance that bias of like, help you understand it, but then also remember that there are different viewpoints. That's an, that's an excellent point um, because you're, you're absolutely right. Everybody's experience with a particular product is is somewhat unique. I mean, there are obviously are commonalities, but the ways in which they apply it and the specific sort of you know techniques and methodologies that they use will vary from customer to customer, environment to environment. So it is important to make sure that you don't get locked into this, you know, my way is the only, you know, one true way sort of uh, thinking. And um, so, you know, we, we've seen how it wasn't necessarily a specific technical skill that translated over. It was more just, you know, general knowledge of the technology and then being a direct consumer of the um, product that you are, are getting ready to start, you know, guiding and managing. Um, I'm wondering, you know, what sort of skills, um, as you got started in the role, what sort of skills did you find that you didn't have and that you needed to pick up? You know, what what you know, you, you jump into this role and you start doing this and you realize, hmm, I've never done that before. Now I have to figure out how to do this because it wasn't something that you had done in your previous roles as developer or SRE manager. What did, what did that look like? I think the hardest thing for me when I started was uh, focusing on the why, not the how. Especially coming from engineering, I would go to stand-ups and all the engineers would kind of talk about what they worked on. And I was just like, it, it felt a little weird for me not to be like, oh, I'm going to work on this feature or something. Um, and then as we kind of scrummed together, not deliberately saying how we would solve a problem, but just talking about why we, why something is a problem. I think that was the hardest thing for me to kind of learn and pick up. What I've found really helpful is to look at the user's point of view and, um, kind of lay out what problem they're trying to solve and, uh, not so much look at how our technology solves it, but what are the things they're doing today and what are their biggest pain points and focusing on that and leaving our product out of it so that we're not tied to how we solve it. And then I'm not kind of dictating that to engineering because the how obviously is uh, what engineering works on. Um, And I think understanding that balance was the biggest thing for me in moving to product management. Uh, I hadn't gone through any like formal trainings when I started. So Simple things like how to write a user story um, in a way that doesn't bias uh, how the thing's built or uh, how to go out and actually collect that um, customer value data was a big part of it. As you were sitting there talking about focusing on the why instead of the how, my mind initially went to, you know, as a as a you know, former member of a, and still a member of the engineering organization, just a different, you know, sort of thing. But as a former engineer, right, somebody who's working and figuring out the how, um, and I think that description captures a lot of the listeners of the show. Is that they you know they are now figuring out the how, like you know uh, how they're going about solving a particular problem. Uh, my, my my mind initially went to you know well, as somebody who's who's been doing the how for a long time, I could see where it would it would uh, be difficult to switch to the why instead of the how because you're so accustomed to thinking you know along those lines. But then as you continue talking, I realized that the whole, the whole how versus why thing is actually much broader than just uh, shifting how, how you think about it. Because I wouldn't I would not have considered, for example, um, you know, making sure that I was writing uh, a set of requirements or a user story in a way that didn't bias the how. Um, and so is it fair to say that that's, you know, probably a little more um 
far-reaching than perhaps people initialize or people initially think. Like when they when we first say how versus why, they may think sort of the same lines of changing the way you think, but it's also sort of touching a lot of other things, isn't it? Yeah, it uh, touches like every artifact that you put together, uh, every conversation you have. Um, when you meet with a user and do an interview and get some research, that translation um, needs to have like unbiased to it. Um, so it's not my opinion of what they said, but it's what did they say? What are the problems that they had? And then working with the team on, okay, how do we actually go solve this? Uh, instead of, well, I heard the customer say this, so I think we should build this feature. Um, like I look at that as not the most effective way to do product management. It's more um, being able to bring the most context to the engineering team that builds it and trust that they will come up with a good solution. And if you're kind of working iteratively, then you bring that back to the customer or the user and you get their feedback and then you iterate. And uh, that's, I think, the best way to build good products. So this um, being as sort of invisible as it is, uh, because I, like I said, as, as you're sitting here talking, I'm thinking about, you know, well, it's, it, it goes so far as to affect the questions that you ask the customer. Like if you, you have to ask the customer these questions in a way that doesn't predispose them to a particular answer. Um, in order to get that sort of unbiased view of what the customer is looking for and, and asking the right questions and asking the, the right questions in the right way and then capturing that information in the right way and then presenting that information in the right way back to the engineering team and then having the discussions with them about these things and prioritizing it without getting into the how, um, you know, it, 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 it just seems like it's touching every little aspect of, of what you do. I wonder is, is there, you know, what did you find most effective in helping you identify all the areas that it affected and then adjusting how you were, how you were handling those areas. Um, I say I'm pretty lucky to work with a really good team where uh, they will call that out. Um, so we can have a discussion of like, Oh, well that's actually like too biased. What, what does the customer actually want? And we have a really good uh, user experience team here at puppet that uh, will work to take bias out of questions um, to make sure that the way we ask things are not uh, implying a certain solution. Um, and so that's, I would say, like the most helpful thing in helping put that together um, in the research that we want to go out and like talk to users about. And I think also it comes down to, like, I'm not really a person that's big on formal training, but I recently uh, took a training that I actually really uh, appreciated. And um, it helped us kind of write things out from the customer's perspective. So not at all, like, what do we want to build, but just what are the steps? So if I take a patching example, I could say like, yeah, we want to um, update our systems and that's the the feature we want to add, a, an easy way to update systems. But that's still kind of talking about what the solution is versus, well, today a person logs into a machine, has credentials, needs to go download the update from somewhere, uh, put it in the right place, actually make the update, maybe restart something. And for me, my job would be more writing that out and making sure that that's very well understood of what the customer's doing versus going to the team with the solution of we need a feature that helps us update systems, if I'm kind of making sense. Yeah, you are, you are making sense. I, I, but it brings a question to my mind is like, in the same way that we use configuration management tools like, like Puppet to describe our desired end state, would you then be describing, like, it almost sounds like uh, as a product manager, you want to describe the desired end state, like customer wants to ensure, you know, 
systems are appropriately patched, right? And that's yep. that's that's the I don't know if I want to say that that's not really the why, it's more like the what, right? But um, but it doesn't say anything to how you would go about solving that problem. And so then you go yeah. to the engineering team and you say, okay, this is the end result. But that sounds very different than sort of describing the detailed processes process that the customer follows today to achieve the what. So am I missing an aspect there or? or yeah, I think it's uh, tying it back to the why. So like the user wants to update their machines because uh, they want to ensure reliability of their uh, systems because like their organizational goal is digital transformation or like throw out some buzzword. That's the why in um, what they're doing. And then the what that they're doing today is that like step-by-step process. And so I think as a product manager, you ensure what the desired end state is and then define how you like what your acceptance criteria is. So without having to go through manual steps or uh, without having to um, log into machines. So kind of putting out what the high level goal is, the why that they're doing it, and then what the acceptance criteria is, how is what kind of leads to the what. Okay. All right. I got it. Yeah. So you have to have, you know, the, you have to have the, the, you know, the desired end state, what, you know, the ultimate thing problem that the customer is trying to get to, you know, I want my systems to be fully patched for reasons, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, and, and then you have, you know, some set of constraints without A, B, C, D, whatever that is. Right. And, you know, here's the, here's the, what, here's what the customer goes through now, sort of describing their pain point, right. They have to manually log into the system. They have to manually do this, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. It takes time. And so then you can take that and, okay, this is the, you know, the user story, right? Take that to the engineering team. And then the engineering team can say, okay, now here's how we're going to achieve this desired end state and alleviate this, this, this pain point that the customer is, is experiencing. Exactly. Yep. Got it. Okay. So switching um, gears just a little bit, I was curious to know, like, um, sort of what were the um, unexpected things that came out of your, out of your transition, right? You know, like. A lot of times um, I, I talk with, uh, you know, guests who have made some sort of career transition. And um, one thing that I haven't done, but I, I kind of like the idea, we, we talk about this in some design uh, frameworks where you say, I'm going to make a design change. And then they want you to identify sort of the unexpected results of that design change. Like you made the design change to accomplish, you know, something, right? Um, but what what was an unexpected outcome of that design change? And so I thought it'd be interesting to sort of apply that thinking to careers and say, okay, we made this design change. We went from, you know, engineering to product management um, with a, with a particular result in mind, but what was an unexpected result? And, and maybe you can find a, a, you know, a good one and, and, and even a, you know, I'll, I'll say a quote unquote bad one, although everything can be, you know, used for our own benefit, even if it's just as a learning exercise. Yeah. Uh, I think the, unexpected result for me was that I actually liked the role because as I mentioned earlier, I was skeptical. Um, so the good thing is that I actually really like uh, product management and it turned out to be a good fit. Um, but I think what resulted in that being unexpected, uh, in a positive way is that I didn't really realize how big of an impact, uh, product managers can have, um, and how much just that glue helps drive things forward. Um, so I would say that's probably the positive. Um, and then I'd say the negative side of it, it's not so much negative because you can do this through other ways. There's other opportunities. Um, but 
in being an engineering manager, I really liked uh, mentoring engineers um, and helping them with their career. Um, that was probably one of my favorite parts of the job. Um, and in general, product managers don't manage directly. Uh, you have influence, but no authority. Uh, so that brings its own fun challenges. But I think the kind of mentorship of it is uh, one negative of not actually managing a team and helping lead them. But I mean, again, that can be done through different ways. So it's not a super negative in the bigger picture of things. Right. It's more like a trade-off, right? Um, exactly. You know, you, there, there are certain things you could do in every role. One of the things you enjoyed as an engineering manager was getting to mentor, you know, these other engineers and, and getting to be, you know, uh, you know, a guiding presence to, to sort of, you know, give them advice and, and, you know, say, Hey, well, you know, look at this particular skill or, you know, this example or, you know, whatever the case may be and, and sort of, you know, establish that rapport and that sort of thing. And that's, I totally get it. Um, and then now moving into, you know, a role as a product manager, you don't have that direct sort of, inf- you know, ability to do that. And said you have indirect influence. Um, and, uh, but you know, it's, it's a trade-off. I um, mean, and, and, and every decision that we make in our career is always about trade-offs, right? If you had been a product manager and then decided to go into an engineering manager role, there would be a different set of trade-offs that you would describe. Um, and, you know, I guess our, my, I won't say our, my use of the term positive and negative is probably, uh, you know, a, a misapplication of those terms because they're really just, just trade-offs in terms of doing one thing versus another. Yeah, exactly. And in the end, it's just uh, whether they're the right trade-offs for you. Absolutely. Couldn't have, couldn't have said it better myself. Perfect. Um, all right. So we're getting ready to wrap up, uh, you know, a little bit shorter episode uh, this time around than than usual, but that's totally fine. Um, so I was just wondering, in terms of, you know, any any closing thoughts, uh, do, you, do you have any sort of final um, tips or tricks? You know, maybe there are listeners out there who have been considering a similar transition for themselves, right? What advice would you give those listeners and what final thoughts would you share with those kinds of listeners who are thinking about, hey, I really enjoyed, uh, I think I'd really enjoy being a product manager. What what heads up would you give them? I think um, if someone's in a technical role and wants to kind of explore uh, product management, a good start is um, within your current engineering role, reaching out to the stakeholders of whatever it is that you work on and trying to get yourself involved in either maybe uh, getting feedback from an end user or um, understand like what people expect this uh, product or feature thing that you're working on. Um, because that mindset is what helps kind of start bridge into product management. Um, always about what the user is trying to do and what the user uh, wants to accomplish. And then I think uh, in some some organizations, there's opportunities for engineers to take on product owner roles within like the agile scrum team. And I think that's a really good opportunity to work with product managers directly, um, kind of get more insight into how trade-offs are made, how to prioritize things, and uh, talking, again, to uh, users and customers. And um, I've typically, when I talk to people that are in this role looking to transition, uh, that I think is a good first start. Uh, That's kind of how I got into it, and I've seen that successful uh, with other people as well. so I guess that would be my advice. So that, that um, causes a, a question for me, and that is that wouldn't it be beneficial for pretty much – my initial question is, wouldn't it be beneficial for pretty much everyone in an engineering organization to have that sort of deeper understanding of 
of, you know, what we're trying to accomplish for the stakeholders, right? But yet then, as soon as I ask that question, I can immediately say to myself, um, you know, well, that doesn't scale. Like, you can't have 50 engineers going and talking to a stakeholder and saying, you know, hey, tell me about why we're doing this, right? Um, because then, you know, stakeholder doesn't get anything done. Um, so uh, slightly sort of related to that, but like, how then do we... Um, as team members help sort of distribute that information effectively across the rest of the team. I mean, is that, is that something that a, you know, a, a product manager is ideally suited for, or are there other things that people within the engineering organization can do to help make sure that everybody understands, you know, that, that customer perspective? I think uh, traditionally that's the role of a product manager. Um, I think definitely uh, engineers should want to go seek out that information. Um, but I've also seen that not everyone is super interested in that. Sometimes people just want to build the product uh, and not seek out why we should build the product or feature. Uh, so there should be someone bringing in that context so that you're building towards the right direction. And um, something that we do here is every like two weeks, I'll meet with all the engineering teams that I work with. And uh, we have a meeting called Voice of the Customer where I'll share information I learned from um, customer meetings I had or user in, um, interviews I had or uh, someone from the engineering team that maybe talked to some people on Slack or uh, had a conversation at a conference. We'll bring that information. And it becomes a time where we can just casually talk about our users and what things we've learned. Um, also, obviously, like that doesn't always scale. Sometimes it's writing it down in a doc, keeping a customer call log of all the interactions, and people can review that. So. I'd say back to like if someone in an engineering role is looking to move to product, um, if you're having those interactions, uh, one, it's good to have those in alignment with the product manager, but also to document it and bring it back to the team and share what the learnings were from that. That makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Thanks, Yasmin. All right. So as we close up, uh, Yasmin, do you want to share sort of online contact information in case folks want to, you know, follow you on social media or something like that? Sure. Um, I have a Twitter account. It's uh, at Y-A-S-M-I-N-N-X-13. So Yasmin with an extra N, X-13. Uh, if you have any questions about product management, uh, working at Puppet, um, anything really, I'm happy to answer or talk about it. Okay, great. Thanks, uh, Yasmin, for joining uh, me today. And uh, thanks for just sort of, you know, sharing your story, sharing your transition from engineering into product management and, and then sharing with the listeners sort of, you know, some things they might think about if, if they were interested in, in also making, um, a similar shift. I also want to thank our listeners for joining us today. I hope that you have found the conversation with Yasmin uh, useful. I think there's a lot of applications here, um, in a lot of different ways, not just a transition into product management, but I think there's, uh, a lot of different places you can put some of the um, things that Yasmin talked about today uh, to work in your own careers, um, whether you are staying in your role or whether you are interested in moving into product management. So uh, thanks again for listening. I hope you did find the conversation useful. As always, uh, we appreciate you joining us. If you have a moment to go out and uh, uh, offer some feedback or uh, a uh, rating on the show uh, via iTunes or Google Play or whatever platform you use, we'd certainly appreciate that. And um, the show notes and any other links and associated information will be available on the Packet Pressures website. Thanks so much. Have a great day, everyone. 